Welcome back to the choir room as we get closer to the end of this section, this era of season five of Glee. It is time for Nationals. If you've heard uh, the past 10 episodes or so uh, of Aman saying we will see you at Nationals and it is time now we are at Nationals and we see you. We're here. It's uh, it's time for Nationals, Aman. Yes, finally, finally. This is like the nationals that would just never come, and now it's finally here. It is. Not, I'm sorry, I have an Eminem in my mouth. <laughs> um, Why'd you say that we should start? <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I thought I could. I thought you were gonna take longer doing your intros. Like, I can probably sneak one more in. There. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> okay, it's good. Um, yeah, I'm excited. This is. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, it's kind of the last New Directions performance for a while. Um, it is, we're going to, we're going to, you know, see season six, obviously we'll still have some version of, uh, what we're used to, but it's going to look a lot different and we'll get into that when we do. But for now, this is really the last new directions all together, you know, like the actual kids the everybody that's in the group, uh, performing all together at once. And, uh, to me, I'm I think I'm I'm sure to you as well. I, I don't think you cry as much as I do, but, uh, this was a very emotional episode. It is a very emotional episode. Um, it didn't get me. I, I am a crier. It didn't get me this time. Um, I'm not really sure why. I think because national, because, I mean, we know how that glee sometimes these competitions will sneak up on us. But I feel like this one in particular just really snuck up on me because, like we said, like this this year is so strange with season five continuing uh, with the 2012-2013 school year. So I'm just not used to nationals being in the middle of the season. And I just feel like it always just comes so fast whenever I watch this episode. So I think the emotional payoff just wasn't hitting or registering with me with this time around. But it's still a very heartfelt episode. Um, I enjoy the presence that Finn has in the episode. And it was such a, a nice touch bringing Kurt, excuse me, Bert and Carol back into the fold one last time to celebrate mm-hmm. Finn. Yeah, it was really nice to see uh, Bert and Carol here in this episode to pretty much be the stand-ins for Finn and represent him and, you know, the spirit of Finn being there and just overall to still feel like, you know, they, they felt like they had him there, like, with them anyway, but to have, you know, his uh, his mom and stepdad there as well to really be like, we're all here for the same reason. We all want to win. We want you kids to all, like, have the greatest time and do well, but underlying, like, underneath it all, every single person wants to do this for Finn and wants to have this, you know, be something to, because he was with us for so long, uh, not not just, you know, uh, like, on Earth or anything. I just, you know, I'm, that, I didn't mean to go that deep, um, but just, like, on, in the new directions and uh, in his own tenure in the club and then now uh, the time that he spent with them getting them ready for sectionals and then getting them, you know, Blaine and Sam did the legwork and finding out about the warblers, but you know Finn helped to make sure that that went through and put his foot down with Sue and all this kind of stuff to keep them going while Will was gone. And you know he really meant a lot to them. So 
Back when we were talking about the quarterback, um, I mentioned that they do a good job in keeping Finn around in the season, and I really do feel like they do. Uh, back a couple episodes ago, we see Rachel get the Finn tattoo, and it's just every every once in a, now and again they talk about him just to kind of remind us um, of him and how you know him his uh, him being gone is affecting all of the people that were so close to him. And this episode in particular really highlighted that. So, like I said, really emotional for me. I did cry a lot. I think every single song in the uh, set for Nationals. I was getting worse and worse uh, as it went on. So that's me. Uh, maybe I was just having an emotional day. I don't know. But uh, but that was that. But yeah. Um, any other thoughts before we get into it all? No, I think you said it all. Let's get to it. This was uh, it was a, a tough one to, to watch at certain times. But yes, it's time for Nationals. Uh, as I mentioned, I, I think earlier in the season, you really do kind of have to consider this season four and a half rather than season five if you want to look at it from a way that makes sense to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, this would, I guess, technically be then this is episode 11 of season five, which would make it episode 33 yes. of season four. Yes. Right. Good, That's, good okay. So it would be... It would be episode 33 of season four, which would mean that season five has uh, a couple of episodes coming up and that'll be the nine episode season. Uh, So here's the end of season four. Uh, It's time for nationals graduation, of course, around the corner as well. Uh, We're going to be going to L.A. and we're opening things up in the episode with the uh, here's what you missed on Glee reminder of. Yeah, they don't have enough members. Uh, Where did all of their powerhouses go? Where did Rory go? Remember that Irish kid? He's not here anymore. Where did he go? He could have been here with them. Uh, They didn't make any mention of Joe and Sugar in that, but they're not here either. (laughs) Like, they were there at regionals. Uh, They were there at sectionals. I don't know. I mean, Sugar Mata couldn't be in any of these damn episodes anyway, seeing as her contract doesn't allow her to be in tribute, so she couldn't have been in two episodes for the Beatles. They did a uh, a Billy Joel shit, too. Like, her her ass would have just been absent at all times Mm -hmm. the wildest contract that we still need more answers about but yes um, or gaga like she couldn't be in for shit (laughs) like yeah she was a quarterback count as a tribute episode to finn like does that count i don't know what her contract is looking like what's joe's excuse we don't need to talk about joe i refuse to drag joe Uh, yes, uh, we're going to get things started with Will in his office. Sam is going to come to see Will and Sam uh, is telling Will that, you know, I've been checked out of school for the past couple of months because I'm not going to college, but I am totally committed to the Glee Club. I even got three Cheerios to bump us up to having 12 people because, you know, we, we need 12 right now. We didn't have enough. So the, uh, the Cheerios are going to fill the empty spots. Uh, Will tells him, you don't need to prove yourself to me, Sam. You know, Finn transformed this club when he joined. He wasn't just the male lead. He was the captain of the football team. He was the coolest kid in school, you know, like a real dude. He was our secret weapon for all of these competitions. And other schools might have had their version of a Kurt or a Rachel, but nobody had a Finn. Uh, when he recruited you, Sam, he wasn't just looking for another voice in here. He was looking for somebody to take his place after he graduated, you know, somebody to lead all of these wonderful misfits. And Sam is going to say, I'm not Finn, though, Mr. Shu. Finn was like a real leader, you know? And uh, Will says to him, well, so are you. And I'm going to need you to be that guy when we get to L.A. Because these kids need you to be that guy and they want you to. They're all waiting for you to see yourself the way that they see you. The new kids love you and so do the older ones. I'm sure that everything is going to be just fine when we get there. But if the time comes and you need to step up, I'm going to be counting on you to get it done. Um, They're going to get interrupted by Tina, who says that they are here. We have some special guests over in the choir room, which we'll get to in a second. But uh, what do you make of all that? We have uh, Sam has been, of course, with us for a while now. Uh, I think Blaine was the one who seemed like the leader, but Sam kind of following in Finn's footsteps all along. They're really kind of putting some of this on Sam's shoulders as well, which I I think is a good thing. Yeah, I mean, 
it's going to i mean it's a bit of foreshadowing for what will happen in the future Duh, i'm on this what foreshadowing means but um <laughs> i it, it it's a bit of a shock to me because i never really felt like sam was the replacement for finn they didn't even seem particularly close when finn was alive you know so i mean they i mean finn is a big reason as to why sam is a part of the glee club but that they sort of wrapped up all of that as far as the finn and sam relationship goes after season two you don't really see them interact too much in season three i mean sam isn't even there for half of the season he is the reason why he uh, he and rachel are the, are the reason that sam comes back in season three but i don't know i just felt like there were other there were stronger relationships um with finn in that glee club stronger than sam's like blaine for one you know what i mean and he literally is the rachel the new rachel of the glee club so it did feel a little strange to me i felt like that came out of nowhere but i sort of also understand it being that you know he's the reason that sam's there in the first place anyway so Mm -hmm. i'll take it yeah i really i really would have loved to see artie get some highlight there as well yeah Artie, yeah yeah Artie is the glue of the Glee Club that's been told to him many times, and he really is. He's been there since day one. Not that you know, nothing against Sam, who came in in season two, but Artie has been there since day one. He is a senior. Him and Finn had a very close relationship, and the reason that Finn came back in the first place to the New Directions in season four was because of Artie. So it really would have been nice to like. I don't know if they're trying to be like, since Sam is you know, uh, Sam can walk, and Sam is like <laughs> can stand up tall, and you know, confront anybody that comes his way. Maybe he's more capable of this job than Artie, but Artie is very much uh you know could have been up for the job as well not to not to be too nitpicky but you know it would have been nice to see him get some highlight yeah i mean no i think it's i think that that's a really strong observation i just I, that's why it feels so out of place i mean it, it you see finn interacting with more of the like characters more so than sam and so for sam to be you know to take the helm especially when blaine already sort of has that title it's like why like i don't know why we I'm just trying to get into the writer's head and like they think that we wouldn't be emotional if it weren't coming from Sam, like what we're going to see at the end of the, I don't know, it just felt kind of weird, but fine. I mean, it's not like they weren't friends, so, you know, it, it is a bit nitpicky, but still, you know, that's, I feel like there, there could have yeah. been stronger choices being made. Yeah, uh, so we're going to go over to the choir room, and as Tina mentioned, uh, they're here, and who is they? But Bert and Carol, we are very excited to see them. It's been since uh, the quarterback that we haven't seen them, so obviously we know that they've been going through a lot of grief and a lot of uh, you know adjustments in their own life. Bert tells them that they wanted to come and say that you know Finn really cared about you guys more than you know. Carol says that uh, Finn always said that winning nationals was the greatest accomplishment of his life, but I honestly believe myself that coaching you guys to winning would have meant even more to him. Uh, Bert says, and now we're not saying you have to go out there and win it for Finn. You know, that wasn't his style. But what Finn would have said was, this is the time of your lives. You're never going to forget it. And in a moment, it's all going to be over. So Carol says, yeah, no sad faces, no regrets. Just go out there and have a blast. But, you know, it would be okay if you, you know, went out there and won the damn thing. Uh, so the kids are all happy to have them there. Will says the best part about this all is that Bert and Carol have agreed to come with us as chaperones to, to L.A. So uh, before we go, how about a little mood, uh, mood music to get us in, uh, to get us sent off mood. to L.A. in style? <laughs> mood. Uh, Brad hit it. And uh, we're going to go into this performance started by Will, uh, kind of taken on by Blaine. And then it's going to lead all of us into transitioning over to L.A. The song is I Love L.A. And uh, yeah, that we're, we're getting started with some music. Here. LA. Wow. All the way to LA. I mean, they barely the can way. afford shit. And we didn't get like any trials or tribulations about them having to 
buy all those plane tickets because a a ticket to 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 LA all the way from the East Coast. Well, they're they're Midwestern. They're in Ohio, so it's not that bad. But still, it's a pretty penny. Is all I'm gonna say. Or maybe it's not. Maybe not a lot of people are flying to LA out of Ohio. But no, it's more so about it's more destination oriented, right? The pricing. It's not where you're coming from. It's where you're going. So it should still be kind of. But then again, like I feel like I feel like the National Show Choir Championship like board of directors or whatever. I feel like they should get their shit paid for because they're the reigning champions. Like, don't you need for them yeah. to be there? You know. You would think so. They definitely. Like, I think that's a valid point, but I don't know. I guess these competitions are just, if you want to come and defend your title, you got to pay and be here. It's uh, not pay up to, to us. Play. We'll happily give your title on somebody else. Some pay-to-play bullshit. So, yeah. Show choir sequester mini. Oh, my God. Stop. Uh, I Love L.A. is going to kick us off here. And uh, the, they, the kids are having a great time. They get up on this tour bus uh, driving around the city. And uh, they're all having a great time. The uh, The sun and the wind looks good on them. It's nice to see them out of a classroom and, like, actually living life. Like, I felt like I was transformed to, like, uh, you know, like, I think of, like, the Degrassi, like, mini movies that they did, like, just, yeah. you know, in the middle of some seasons. It's, like, when they transform to, like, a new setting. And it's, like, look, they go outside. It's not just, uh, you know, it's, like, I don't know. It felt different. It felt good yeah um i'm curious it's like as- high school musical too at the beginning where they like leave the school and everything summer yeah we're going to be in a different setting no longer in the school look at summer. us now summer 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 how did Artie's wheelchair get to the top of the bus i'm not sure <laughs> they probably carried him i guess um, yeah, th- they've done that before. Um, and then, you know, they're, uh, they're grabbing some food. Uh, they take, some, I guess, Sam, Jake, and Blaine took a trip down to grab a bunch of hot dogs, and they're all having a great time. I really feel like they were going to fall off the bus the way that they were singing and dancing all over that thing, uh, and Will not doing a thing to stop them. But whatever. They had a good time with I Love LA. I've never been on one of those buses. I really want to be. Um, like, in no city at all? You've, you've never done one? No, never. They're all over Philly because Philly is a big touristy, you know, city, and I've never mm-hmm. been on one, and I've been here for eight years. I've definitely been on the upper deck of a bus like that. I cannot tell you where it was. I just know that I have. Fancy smancy. I mean, they're probably they're probably uh, a little overhyped, but it's like a cool experience to do ones to just like sit on top of a bus. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Nothing that special. They go to the hotel. Time to check in. And uh, as Will is up at the counter doing all of that, the kids are all standing by the door. Kitty says, oh, don't look now, but I think someone famous just came in. And Unique, of course, uh, is very excited to see that it is Mercedes Jones in the building. Uh, Mercedes shows up looking all L.A. and, uh, you know, looks fitting. She looks like she belongs here. Unique is like, oh, I heard you got a record deal. Uh, Mercedes explains to them exactly how things all went down recently for her. She was selling her CD, Hell to the No, in a parking lot she's like i'm not gonna lie business was whack but this mexican lady came up and bought one i think she felt sorry for me uh it turns out that she was an angel on earth because uh she was the housekeeper to kanye west so she gave the cd to kanye who gave it to kim who gave it to ryan seacrest who gave it to sony records the sony records and next thing you know i'm uh, sipping perrier with a bunch of rich dudes so she's like uh I li- she's talking to them in the studio she's like i like this plan that you guys have for me i'm glad you like my songs so yes i will write for your artists on your label uh, but there is a catch. In exchange for six songs, I want my own album deal. And I'm talking all the perks. Everything you can muster up from the music videos that you're going to pay for, this and that. And if it sells, then uh, I also want to do a uh, follow-up Christmas album. So seems like things are working out well for her. Uh, she's back with, like I said, she, she's here to watch the kids and be with them for this competition. Uh, she's got even a, a little faux wawa by her side, which Artie's going to question if it's real. But uh, yeah, I'm sure we're, we're all happy to see Mercedes here. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if I was like overreacting when this happens, but uh, Tina's like, oh, Mr. Shoes, Mercedes is here. 
Uh, and he turns around from the front desk. He's like, hey, Mercedes. All right, anyway. I'm like, damn, like, that shit. <laughs> That's Mercedes Jones. Yeah. Like, I'm going to go over there and fucking hug her. But, yeah, I mean, of course she's going to come by. And so, I mean, this is where she lives. Of course she's got to stop by and, you know, cheer on her, her alma mater. And Mercedes has sort of been, like, one of the most supportive alumni since she's graduated because her and Mike Chang have been up in that school more so than any other alumni. So, of course she's mm-hmm. there. And I love the fact that she's uh, actually making some headway uh, with this album because I really can't have just – Rachel Berry being the only one that has some sort of success because that shit will go straight to her already big ass head. So, (laughs) and I know I, I, if anybody was watching uh, or listening to us last season, I'm sure I said a couple times, season five is a big Mercedes season. And you're probably like, Matt, what are you smoking? Like season five is 11 episodes in. And this is the first time we've seen Mercedes. Well, second time is coming baby back. Yeah, it's it's coming. We have uh, we have an entire nine episodes remaining in the season, and I want to say she will be in every one of them. Maybe missing one. I don't think she does though. I think she's in the rest. So Mercedes is here to stay as we uh, start to switch over to the rest of the season. But happy to have her here now. Happy to have somebody you know from uh, from the graduating class with them because they really you know these uh, the the current group they lean on them. They really appreciate when the older kids come back and uh, just you know spend some time with them and remind them about you know just to keep their heads on straight and. You know, whatever. So, uh, as you mentioned, Will is at the front desk, uh, too distracted to talk to Mercedes. Uh, apparently, the uh, woman at the front desk says that she got a call about an hour ago from Detective Sue Sylvester with the LAPD, oh, saying that if a 50-year-old Ohio man with a perm uh, that, that he had abducted 12 emotionally 50. disturbed teenagers, and if he tried to make a reservation, she was to contact the FBI. And Will just puts his hands in his head. Fifty. She added a whole 13 years to his age. Like, damn. Damn. <laughs> I mean, she'll stop at nothing. I mean, didn't you say that you wanted them to win? Like, you you made a deal, Sue. You said if they win nationals, then they can stay. And you want them to win because you want to be... Well, then again, she said that when she wanted to get like made the permanent principal. And she's already been made permanent. So I guess she doesn't really need to do anything anymore. Okay, never mm-hmm. mind. I rest my case. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, she wants. She did. She talked. Yeah, she talked about like having them with nationals, whatever. But uh, she's just uh, gonna stop at nothing to get a crack in at Will. Obviously, they were still able to, you know, continue on with their day. But as Will's dealing with that, Blaine uh, and the kids are all starting to head off. But they turn around and see from a door on the other side of the room emerging is Throat Explosion themselves, who we have been warned about for a couple of episodes now. And of course, leading the way is John Baptiste, who is played by the very talented Skylar Astin. Are you a big Skylar Astin guy or just me? Uh, not really. I mean, he's on Pitch Perfect, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm enjoying him. I enjoyed him on there. I recently started watching... So playlist. Yeah, I just started watching that last week. Um, I've only seen the first episode, though. He seems like he's pretty good. Um, but yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. he's, he's, he's fine. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm a big fan of his. I, I just uh, as as a Pitch Perfect fan, uh, that's I think where I first met him. Maybe uh, I don't know. He's been in a, he's been in a lot of stuff, but really excited to uh, see him here on Glee. So yeah, his name on the car- on the show is uh, John Baptiste, and apparently none of the kids in the New Directions read the show choir blogs except for Blaine, who is very well aware of them. They, like they're all making fun of him. They're like Blaine. Literally nobody else reads them. He's like, well, maybe you should. Like we're here at a competition. We want to whatever. Um. So John Baptiste comes over, and of course. He 
he knows who exactly they are, specifically who Blaine is uh, from those show choir blogs. Uh, Sam is going to step in in front of Blaine and introduce himself to John Baptiste and say that he's the leader of the New Directions, which uh, I keep I wrote in my notes, uh, JB rather than John Baptiste. So if I say that a couple times, that's why uh, JB sarcastically wishes them the best of luck and really doesn't have any time for Sam. So uh, he's going to move right around them and tell them that he can't wait to hear their set list and crush them like a bug. So bye. That's uh, that's all he has for them. Mercedes like leans on Tina and she's like, oh, how I missed show choir drama. But yeah, we have uh, we've we're finally meeting Throat Explosion. No Jesse St. James around this year. We're going to go with uh, with Mr. John Baptiste. Yeah, what is it with all of these rival uh, show club captains and like the whitest of whitest names, <laughs> like old ass English <laughs> names, like like what's next? Like St. Augustine? Like what the fuck? But anyway, um, I uh, this scene just gives me so much anxiety because it just reminds me of going to the Gene Kelly Awards for high school musical theater and being surrounded by all these other kids that are you know, have big Broadway dreams and they all want to win a bunch of awards for their schools and everybody is like uh, getting all warmed up and showing how much they can sing and trying to intimidate the other kids. And even after that, going into college with the same, like the same kind of like, like I just, that's the, my least favorite part about like being a part of like acapella or theater or any of that stuff. It's just the competitive and petty nature um, so this just, I just wanted to punch the guy in the face because what's the point? If you're good, you're good. You know what I mean? Why can't people just be kind to one another? And I understand that everybody wants to win. I get it. But I just feel like I've never, I've never felt the need to go over to someone else, to a rival team and intimidate the shit out of them. I've just never, I've just never felt that need. So screw this guy. Well, you're a good person and uh, these people are uh, vicious and will do nothing to uh, nothing to stop them from getting the win, even when it even if it involves what they're about to do in this episode. So, yeah, that's uh, what's going on there. We have uh, finally met the throat explosion people. I wish that uh, I mean, I, I'm sure you agree with this. I wish that Harmony had been able to like stick around and be like this person, like give her like a villainous character and let her be like the leader of the uh, nationals competition. Like that would have been fun rather than like the quick thing that we saw her at at the beginning of that season yeah i mean they definitely were alluding to it and uh, they it was a missed opportunity i don't know why they didn't go for it they gave her they gave her a song at that sectionals or regionals whatever it was but i don't know would have been a fun spot maybe leah had something to do with it probably uh, as I mentioned in the last recap that uh, we really kind of were closing the book on the new new directions, all of the underclassmen, and uh, we weren't exactly closed just yet. I think this episode is going to do the majority of closing, but I mean, there also might be a little bit in the next two episodes. I really don't remember fully, but um, we're, we're really getting there. So Ryder is going to come knock on Marley's door. She lets him in to talk. He tell He's talking about how he knows they're never going to happen, the two of them. He's slowly accepting that, but he wants her to know, to know that he still does care about her. He's like, I've been checking your Facebook status uh, pretty much every day. A little creepy, uh, but he's been checking like her relationship status and uh, especially her job status, which apparently used to say singer-songwriter, but now it says undecided. So that's how we're finding out information about our friends these days. Um, he says that uh, she, no, she's going to tell him that she is really feeling down lately because she's entered her songs into a song uh, writing contest and she didn't hear back at all. So that's obviously not a good thing. She's actually entered like a couple different contests like this, always getting the same result. So she's like, you know what? I'll, I'll tell you something. Uh, when we get back to school... 
I'm planning on joining the accounting club. And Ryder's like, well, how are you going to do that when you have Glee Club? And she says, well, uh, about that. And he picks up on the fact that she's putting down some hints that she may be quitting Glee. And she's like, yeah, I don't want to let I, I didn't want to let anybody down. And if this is going to be my swan song, I just wanted to have fun with this. So please just don't tell anybody. So uh, Marley is uh, on her way out. This is so stupid. I mean, I understand her being discouraged, but why does that have to translate into the Glee Club? Like, you're blaming the Glee Club because your 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 songs are getting rejected by some random people on the internet. And second of all, if I mean, at this point, the writers already know what what the season is going to be looking like going forward, right? Why does everybody have to quit? Why can't why can't things why, I, I, like why do you see what I'm trying to say here? It just seems like they're trying to inorganically conclude some of these characters' storylines, and it's, like, the most awkward thing ever. I don't understand why Marley has to quit. I don't understand why Ryder had to make a threat to quit at the end of the last season. Like, especially especially at after she's already at Nationals, it's like, okay, if you quit, so who the fuck cares? Like, the season's over anyway. Like, it's just kind of weird. Mm-hmm. It is. It's uh, definitely a little strange. Uh, they they really needed to like I guess quickly start to wrap some of these things up. And I agree. I think it it, it feels rushed. Uh, it feels a little bit like unrealistic of, of what ends up happening. Um, I don't really pay much attention to it because I am so I end up being so focused on so many other things that are happening. I'm just kind of like all right, whatever, you know. As a typical uh, content with Marley always tends to be, and with all these kids, with Ryder, whoever, it's always kind of like all right, that happens, and let's check out the rest of the episode. But yeah, uh, I mean, realistically, I feel like if Marley was going to leave the Glee Club, well, a I don't think she would because she it means so much to her and she likes it so much. But if she was going to leave, I feel like it would have to be some kind of like. Like something would would be like getting in the way, like her mom having to move again or something like that. Like maybe you could have uh, like sold me on that, but uh, just her like not wanting to be in the club anymore, even though they don't know that it's going to be disbanded just yet. I don't know. Didn't feel like that made a whole lot of sense, but it's fine. Um, we'll get to them in a little bit as well uh, with uh, with Ryder and with Jake. But we're going to go over to the stage area. The New Directions have snuck in to the stage where they're all going to be performing in a day or two. Uh, Artie is looking around like, what are we even supposed to do here? Are we like rehearsing? What's going on? Uh, Sam has everybody circle up. He says that he has a surprise for them. He says, Finn Hudson made us a promise at the beginning of this year that we were all going to, you know, do back-to-back national wins together. Uh, Well, just going back to nationals at least. Uh, He says that at the last sectionals when we lost, which totally wasn't Marley's fault, Finn told us that it wasn't all over. He said that we'd be right here together and now maybe you're thinking Finn isn't here but he is and I made sure of it and Finn's gonna pull out the uh, not Finn uh, Sam is gonna pull out the Finn plaque that of course Rachel got a couple episodes back uh, during the quarterback and uh, her and Will hung it up on the wall Sam decided to take it with them so that they would have Finn there with them he brought it in this uh, very nice looking briefcase and as he is showing it to everybody else uh, JB John Baptiste is gonna show up and uh, he's gonna very intimidatingly come up to the new directions and say that he had the same plan for this illegal midnight rehearsal throat explosion comes out from all different corners of the area. And, uh, they are saying they're taking the stage from midnight until dawn. So why don't you guys gather your feelings and leave as, uh, the new directions are all still standing there. Uh, Sam has the plaque in his hands and this guy Dolph, uh, obviously 
uh, of course his name is Dolph, uh, is going to ask Sam, who's that on the plaque, your spirit guide? And JB tells uh, Dolph to have some respect. He's like, look, everybody knows that you're that show choir. Uh, so people have respect for you. And tonight you have our condolences, New Directions. But let's just be very clear. Tomorrow you will not have our mercy, pity, or restraint. We are throat explosion. Expect us. We are throat explosion. I was like, Gazunheit, bitch. Yeah, so damn, these show choir blogs, they just know everything. I guess the news of Finn's passing was just like a top story. Like, is it like, mm-hmm. is it like Reddit? Like, it's like a, a national show choir competition Reddit page where you just get all the news. It's like BB, where all the latest rumors yep. and everything just gets posted. I do like that he was at least, you know, willing trying to, to be respectful. Yeah, trying to be respectful about Finn's uh, death and everything. And I mean, fair point that they are that show choir and everybody is waiting. I mean, people already, they were already that show choir anyway, because they are the reigning national champions champions. And now they've lost somebody that was very important to them during this season a few months ago. Um, So on top of people wanting to see what they're going to do to follow up their performance, they also want to see how they handled that, that horrible, you know, occurrence. So you have to imagine that they have a little extra juice going into the competition um it doesn't mean that they're shooing by any means but people just have their eyes on them uh so mm-hmm. I think that was a fair point to make but yeah i mean you gotta it's at the at the end of the day it's still a competition so yeah expect it yeah this this crew has uh been through a lot in the past year obviously as you, you know, as as they said the uh the show choir blogs do, do seem to have all the information going around and these are the champions from last year uh not only are they the champions you know uh, they did lose all their powerhouses which has you know been called out many times but they still have the foundation of a good team so obviously they are big threats and as much as throat explosion is being you know taunted as the next big thing the uh, the biggest team to take down the new directions are still a formidable opponent they won last year and i don't know where throat explosion was last year but it wasn't in the winner circle so uh you know whatever uh it makes it makes sense as to why this is all happening and the new directions on their own have been a pretty uh pretty good group together for the for this generation of that group but i think like they really i think what will was saying at the beginning of this episode is there ha- it has been a tough year for a lot of people in this group and we really need you know not just the leadership we need like we need like a little bit of a boost in making sure that everybody is good doing well um and and focused on this performance and all all of us being on the same page so the the plaque thing uh you know i don't know if that's anybody like has any like thoughts about that in one way or another like was it corny uh was it stupid for them to bring him in on a plaque and be like oh look finn's here i thought it was a nice gesture i feel like i've seen mixed reactions to it but i don't know it was it was just one way to be like look finn's still here i thought it was uh, i thought it was worthwhile um we're gonna go back to the hotel room and we see bert and uh, we see Bert and Carol with Sam and Tina. It looks like Carol is sewing together a dress for Tina for the competition. And Bert's helping Sam put on his bow tie. Tina is just so sad that this is their last competition. Uh, they're all talking about, you know, just uh, how sad this is. Uh, she's like, it's so depressing. I can't believe this is our last competition. My life is just going to be so empty from now on. And she like falls dramatically backwards onto the bed. Carol's off in the corner, like I said, sewing Tina's outfit, and she has this look on her face the whole time that they're talking. She just looks very not not into the conversation. She, she's feeling pretty upset. And after Tina makes that line about my life is going to be so empty from now on, Carol just immediately lets out, well, at least you get to have one. And then all of them look at her 
she looks like like completely mortified that she just said that. And she says oh, as much. She's like, oh my God, I can't believe I just said that. I am so sorry. And Tina says, no, it's okay. That was so uh, so insensitive of me. Uh, Sam's like, Tina always does this. And Carol's like, no, it's fine. You, sweetie, I, I promise you didn't do anything wrong. Bert tells them to head out. Obviously, Carol needs a second. So they're like, we'll see you in a bit. We'll bring you the costumes later, whatever. Uh, Carol and Bert are going to talk as the two of them leave. And Carol's like, I really don't think I can do this. I thought being around all of his friends would make me feel close to him. She's like, I know it's awful to say or it sounds awful, but every time they laugh or smile or skip away, I just feel like my insides are being ripped out. And Bert tells her, you know, we don't have to stay. Schuster can handle things on his own. And uh, Carol's like, well, Tina's right, right? I mean, those kids love uh, when those sorry, when those kids leave McKinley, it'll be like the last of Finn leaving, too. Like, it's really going to be over. Uh, I spend the days pretending that's not real. But being around all of them, I, I just can't pretend. Bert's going to ask her if that's a bad thing. Uh, like, you know, not being able to pretend, but he's like, whatever you need, it's, we can do whatever you want. We can go get a room down at the montage or drive down to Laguna beach. I know how much you love that show, or we can fly home truly, whatever you want, whatever's going to make you feel, feel better. So, um, as we follow Bert and Carol in this episode, we really see that Finn and his absence is not only affecting the kids in the club. It's obviously still very much weighing on his mom who is trying to make something to, to make her feel better here, but it's just not working. Yeah, this is rough. I liked this scene a lot because it was um, one of those things that shows a lot of nuance where Tina wasn't Tina wasn't necessarily wrong here. I mean, she was just lamenting about how she's moving on with her life. And, you know, yeah, it's a bit dramatic to say, oh, my God, my life is going to feel so empty. But, like, she was just being hyperbolic, you know. It's just being she spent a lot of time in the Glee Club, and she's going to have to leave it all behind. Like, I felt the same way when I left my high school musical theater uh, company. I was just like, oh my God, like I cried for days. Like I was like, I am never going to be able to feel this way again. Like I'm never going to, I'm never going to like be able to act on stage and feel the same way that I feel again. So like I understand completely where she was coming from, but yeah, you might want to think about the company that you keep because there's a parent here that lost their child. And yeah, whereas you get to complain, Finn cannot, he's gone. But I mean, like I said, it's not that Tina was, trying to be malicious she was just being absent-minded and i think that carol knows that like carol knows that tina wasn't trying to be like that she's just it's hard because these are all the kids that your that your son hung out with these are all of his friends yeah you might think that that might help you repair especially when like if you surround yourself with people that loved your son you know what just as much as you did it might it, it might be you know intuitive to think oh yeah like that'll help me that'll comfort me to be surrounded by other people that knew him the way that I knew him but in a lot of ways it it might not be because these are still kids that are his age right and like then you get to see them do all the things that you wish that your son was doing so it's just a really really tough situation to be in and I feel for her and it's just it's shitty but what can you do yeah no it's there's no way around it it's 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 very shitty and there's not much that uh can really make her feel better at a moment like this she's trying and I think overall I think this will you know end up being a positive memory for her that she was able to go but you know she's feeling all the emotions right now which is uh you know not something that anybody would ever want to imagine uh the way that uh this character is feeling it's it's really rough uh we'll get back to them in a little bit but uh, for now, we're going to do one more check-in with the underclassmen, specifically a shirtless Jake Puckerman and a uh, not shirtless Ryder, uh, who uh, Ryder's going to tell Jake to come on and get dressed. We have to be downstairs in 15 minutes. Uh, Jake's like, oh, so you're talking to me now? Ryder's like, I just don't want to lose nationals specifically because of you. Uh, uh, Jake is going to confront Ryder and say that, you know, he's still annoyed about the fact that he did not even wait 
very long to move in on Marley after Jake. Jake's like, I know I fucked up. I know I messed up, I, you know, but you didn't even give me a chance to apologize to her or work things out. And I thought we were friends. And Ryder says, well, we are. I mean, I, I think we are. We, we should be. Um, Jake kind of sympathizes with him. It seems like Ryder's being genuine. So he's like, all right, whatever. Don't cry. I'm going to get up. I'll go. It's fine. Uh, but as he starts to get up and get ready, Ryder is going to give him some news that he realizes he shouldn't say, but he's going to anyway. And he tells Jake that Marley's uh, quitting, quitting Glee Club when they get back. Uh, Jake is confused Damn, about you're why. you're not even together and Marley can't trust you with shit. You trying to be with her? Damn. Loose lips. <laughs> Sink national ships. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he is. Ryder's going to tell Jake that... She is quitting Glee Club, but she sent me a few of her songs and they are awesome. So I was thinking, you know, between the two of us, we could find someone out here in L.A., somebody real who could, you know, tell her themselves that she's good. And Jake's like, yeah, sure. I'll get CeeLo on speed dial. He's like, no, I mean, I I know we don't know anybody famous, but we do know somebody almost famous. So I wonder who they could be talking about. But yeah, this is uh, a little slower on the on the wrap up of the uh, of the the younger kids. But I don't know. It's happening. I was so happy that they went this route because at first I was like, I thought that he was going to say, yeah, she sent me a few of her songs and they're really good. I feel like we should do them for nationals. I'd be like, if you don't shut the fuck up and sit down, (laughs) I was about to throw my laptop out the window. But thankfully, that would have been bad. They uh, went this route instead and decided to get I don't know why. I mean, Mercedes takes a liking to Marley anyway. You would think that they would have been like in cahoots the whole time and like Marley would have been sending her shit and talking to her about her dreams or whatever. But I guess, you know, Marley is still very insecure about her material. So I guess it's not that surprising. But uh, I mean, yeah, this is nice. This is nice of them. They both obviously care about Marley. Um, I kind of I, I understand why Jake is upset with him because, I mean, yeah, they did make a deal. Like they said, like Jake said, like, look, I really like Marley. I promise you I won't hurt her. Like, and if I do, then you can. You can swoop right in. But, like, at the same time, like, did you have to swoop in, like, the day after they broke up? Like, <laughs> I mean, don't, yeah. aren't you being – weren't you just being catfished? Like, why don't you figure that shit out before you try and swoop in on Marley here? Shade alert. Shade, or go shade, date shade, shade, or go date Kate, Kitty. Like, she was obviously she's into dating you for someone. A oh, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> she's uh, she's taken. Kitty's taken. Marley's the only uh, the only one for uh, for Ryder, and uh, that's who he wants. But she doesn't really want either of them right now. So they're stuck in the same boat, but they still both care about her. So they're gonna figure something out here. Uh, we go back to the bus where all of the kids were meeting as, uh, you know, Jake and Ryder have joined up with them. Sam is opening his uh, the case on the bus that had the plaque inside of it, but the plaque is missing. And he obviously starts freaking out because it's gone. He cannot figure out where it might have gone. You see out of the windows of the bus, uh, John, Baptiste, uh, John Baptiste and the... Uh, rest of throat explosion walking by and Sam immediately realizes it probably was them. He runs off of the bus demanding to them to give it back. Uh, JB is going to immediately uh, go into laying into them. He's like, look, you guys have zero chance at winning. Um, and by the way, the entire time that this is happening, all of the rest of the kids that are still on the bus, which is everybody except for Blaine and Sam, uh, are sticking their heads out of the window watching it, which was just a very funny picture. Um, so JB says to them, gentlemen, let's get serious. You have 
a zero chance of winning. Uh, you lost your sectionals. You're only here on a technicality. And everybody knows that all of your decent singers graduated. And uh, a little piece of wood with a picture of a guy on it is not going to change uh, before he gets to finish his sentence. Sam is going to push him far backwards. Uh, he's going to yell at him and call him a tool. He's like, come on, like just give it to us. Sam, uh, Blaine's going to pull Sam back and be like, just let it go. They're trying to psych us out. They're being idiots. We got to get our game faces on. No, this fuck thing. that. So I hate it when Blaine did that. I was like, no, like they stole the fucking plaque. That's just like disrespectful. Fuck the competition. They stole the mm-hmm. plaque. And like for Blaine to be all like, oh, like they're just trying to psych us out. Well, yeah, they are. And it worked. And, they, and you should be psyched out. They stole a plaque. Like, and how would Rachel feel about that shit? Like if you, if you went and told Rachel the next day, oh yeah, we lost Finn's plaque. Like, come on now. Like I just, I wanted Finn to be more angry here. And I wanted fucking Mr. Shoe to be angry as well. He was on the bus the whole time and didn't do shit. Like, why is Sam the only one? This doesn't make any sense. Sam should not be the only one that's up in arms about this. Like y'all should be out there fighting. I'd be fighting. Yeah. Like I wouldn't. I would not give a damn about that. Damn. Like you can. Y'all can. Like look. Like no. Like if if I'm gonna be fighting, and I'm gonna be sacrificing my shot at a national championship, you're damn sure like Sword Explosion will be getting a few a few broken noses as well. Because y'all will not be singing either. Because I need to find the plaque, and we'll go home peacefully. But not until I get that fucking plaque back. Yeah, I'm I'm on the same page. I think if this happened to like, you know, our theater group back in the day, of course, that's the mentality that both of us put ourselves in because that's where we, I guess, had any kind of uh, competition similar to this. Uh, if anything like this happened, we would not have let it go. It would not have been, no. you know, motivation to do well. No, you're going to go find that plaque. If it's the last thing you do, you're going to get like if you have to be a rat eventually and go get people involved uh, from higher ups, like, no, give me my fucking plaque back. I don't give a shit. Like, get out of here. No, yeah, that's. That was really, really, really annoying. And I hate that that, that like, I just, mm-mm, mm-mm. They were, mm-mm, mm-mm. I would have been like Tina. If I were Tina with her snitching ass, I would have called Rachel right then and there. Because, you know, Rachel would have been on the plane. <laughs> to L.A. Over to L.A. You know, she got them jet bled, the jet bled, jet blue no. vouchers from Santana. Oh, I guess. Well, that was a different t- timeline, so never mind. But she, she, she got something because she always going back and forth. Her ass would have been in L.A., the next like five hours and that shit would have like that mm-mm, mm-mm. yeah mm-mm. Hell well no fury. the way that they handle it obviously uh, a little differently not the way that i think either of us would have but uh sam is gonna get back on the bus and say all right look guys the plaque doesn't matter yes it does uh he's like you know why because i believe with all of my heart that finn is here he's with us here right now he's holding all of our hands and he's telling us the show must go all over the place. And when we're up there on stage, he's going to be sitting there right next to Mr. Shoe, cheering us on. And when we win our second na- uh, Nationals trophy, he's going to be cheering us on even louder. All right. So let's do this. Let's go. Let's get in there. And uh, we cut over. We see that Will is on the bus recording the whole speech and like everybody else. And I'm like, can you put your phone down? Like, <laughs> like I just felt weird to me that he was recording them. I was like, this this feels weird. We already get enough of like Will and the creepy uh, relationship with the kids. It's like, I don't need you putting videos of them on your, on your phone. But that's uh, that's the speech he has there. And uh, yeah, it's good. It's time for nationals. So let's go over to nationals. We'll get things started. Mercedes is going to show up. It looks like people in the crowd like know her. They're like excited to see her. At least that's what it looked like. Uh, She's going to take a seat and uh, there's a couple open seats next to her. So uh, you would have to imagine that those are for other people that are there for the new directions. You know, Will, Bert, Carol. So we'll see when everybody else joins her. We have some guest judges. Um, I believe that two of these people are actual celebrities. And I'm telling you, I didn't know them. Did you? Yeah, I'm forgetting who they are. I know. I know one of them. We have Jack Hay. Marley Matlin, Marley Matlin and Jack Hay. Is Marley Matlin the one that signs? 
the deaf one? I don't know. Uh, there's Marley Matlin, Matlin, Jack Hay, and the inventor of the fitness craze sweeping the nation, uh, Joanna Rohrbach. And she does like this prancing fitness <laughs> stuff around the stage. And she got the whole crowd worked up. Blaine, oh, Blaine especially was like, oh, my God. Ritual dance or some shit. Hopping around. Yeah. Yeah, I no Lindsay Lohan and Perez Hilton. I was, I, we were robbed. We were robbed of a judge's deliberation scene with Jackie Harry. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, I'm sure they filmed it, but it got cut. Did not air it. Like, how do you get yeah. Jackie Harry on your little raggedy ass show and you'll give, you'll give her like, like what, 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 two lines? Come on now, this okay. is a legend. Raggedy ass show. <laughs> I will I turn mean... on Glee. I will turn on Glee in a heartbeat when it comes to Jackie Harry. Okay. You don't give her a guest spot and then give her like two lines. That is Jack A. Harry. She is a legend. Yeah. Well, sorry to uh, sorry to that woman. And uh, <gasps> let's move on. What do you mean sorry to that woman? Oh, you. Oh, I you, don't know her. Wow. Okay. <laughs> you trying to get me to turn in the choir room too? I will bite. I will. What is the the phrase? I will smite my own nose or whatever the fuck. I don't know. I, I will. <laughs> I will turn this fucking shit around. Okay. I'm sorry. You never no, watched Sister Sister growing up. No, there's like a million shows. You want me to watch all of them? I'm going to pretend like you just didn't say that. When this episode drops, please feel free to drag Matt in his mentions. Just feel free. Feel free. I don't normally encourage cyberbullying, but I will I will accept in this case. Vacation, all I ever wanted. Vacation, half the getaway. The Amazonians are up, and they have these uh, fun outfits with pink and yellow feathers and all the stuff all uh, everywhere. Um, I think it was a pretty good song pick. This was a solid number to do at yeah. a, uh, a competition. I was gonna say whoever the lead vocalist was for the Amazonians, Amazonianesses, whatever the hell. I feel like she deserved the MVP award of that year. I loved her voice. Mm-hmm. It was so like rock and yeah, roll really and good. like punchy and kicky and like poppy. I just loved her voice. Yeah. Well. Nah, they didn't seem to love it enough to uh, give her more than one song. But look, we uh, we only have so much time in an episode and uh, New Directions are going to get three. So uh, the Amazonians go up first with a good number there. The uh, background scenes that we're going to see as that's happening are Bert and Carol back at their hotel, packing their stuff up and heading off. So they're leaving. It doesn't seem like they're coming to uh, to watch the competition because Carol had the option of potentially leaving if she wanted to. And it seems like that's what uh, she's decided to do. After the performance, Blaine confides into Sam that uh, they they are still safe. That wasn't that good. So he thinks they're going to be fine. But, of course, up next is Throat Explosion themselves, who are going to go into a performance of, it doesn't even seem like two separate songs. It seems like a mashup of uh, Mr. Roboto and Counting Stars. And they kill it with this number, of course, because we're going to see that the results go in their favor later on. But what did you make of this number? Um, I questioned the, the, the song choices. I think they sounded great, but like what, I'm trying to find the theme here. Like, why do you go from that to that? Mr. Roboto to, hmm. I, yeah, I have no idea. Um, why do you combine super bass and I still believe it's just, it's glee and you do it. Well, that one made sense because they were using feuding yeah. artists and my and mariah carey and Nicki minaj were in a public feud that year that was like the whole point i know just saying no i I don't know what connected these two songs uh besides the fact that it's a skylar astin vocal performance and uh he kills it on these songs um as, as a mention as i mentioned i'm a big fan of his and uh, he's a really talented performer he is uh, also somebody i was reading that is from uh spring awakening obviously uh there have been many others from the uh 
Broadway show. Damn, Leah Michelle just got everybody in that cast the job. Shit. Yeah. Leah, Jenna, Jonathan Groff. Um, so a lot of, uh, a lot of representation from that show, but yeah, um, they, they do a really good job with this number. They all show up in masks, uh, not the masks that we're used to in 2020, but like these, uh, blue, like robot looking masks. Um, and then by the uh, time they switch over to counting stars, they're in these like baby blue suits and dresses, which I think look really good with them all together up there. The judges are in the back jamming out, uh, Blaine and Sam do not seem very happy because this number is uh, pretty, pretty good. Yeah. I like the, uh, the costume changes and John Baptiste. I mean, he's something really good. It's like good mm-hmm. for him. Yeah. I mean, it was no vocal adrenaline, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody. Or no, anything, I don't think anything is going to top that. They really went all out on that performance and like none of the uh, competitions have had anything that even comes close to that. Yeah. Which is crazy. Cause that was season one. Like they, they didn't work their way up to that. Like they hit us with that off the bat. It was crazy. Insane. So well, yeah, one of these days we'll rank our, uh, Rival competition leaders uh, with John Baptiste and uh, Jesse St. James and Harmony and Unique might even be up there uh, <laughs> at one point or another. Sunshine. There's a lot of uh, a lot of names to pick out from there. Blaine at a certain point on the Warblers. I don't know. Um, so after that performance, Sam and the New Directions are going to head backstage. Sam kind of crawls underneath the curtain and he looks out at the audience. He sees Mercedes and as mentioned, those chairs next to her. Uh, they have not been filled, so it looks like Bert and Carol are not coming. Uh, he says that they're not here. They would have been here by now if they were coming. Will says, well, they're with us in spirit, just like Finn is. Uh, Will comes to bring them in to do the beginning of the show circle. He tells them, we're not like the other teams here. We don't have this big budget or this giant pool of students to choose from. We're also different from these teams because we didn't come here to win. We come here to sing and dance our heart outs. And uh, before he can finish, he gets interrupted by a voice from offstage. Of course, it is Carol Hudson, who is actually, in fact, here. She's like, oh, that's horse poop, Schuster. We were halfway down to Laguna before Bert convinced me to turn around. Bert's like, I never said a word. She's like, you didn't have to. Uh, None of you did. She said that she could hear Finn's voice in her head uh, with Finn saying, this is Nationals, Mom. I coach those kids. You leave them and you're leaving me. Uh, she said, you guys are his you legacy. Get which your means- ass on that stage, Mom. Or not on the stage, yeah. but in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> on the stage. <laughs> you get up there and you perform with my fucking glee club. Carol <laughs> uh, could, could probably blow. She could probably uh, sing her ass off. I wouldn't be surprised. I, I would love to see it. Um, but she is telling them, she's like, I don't want to hear any garbage about, you know, doing your best or giving it the old college try. I want you guys to go out there and wipe the floor with the other teams. You are the reigning national champions. Okay. So get out there and show them how it's done. Will says that was perfectly said. So hands in everyone. And we go in for one final, uh, amazing. And this it's time is- for, uh, for regionals. I mean, sex- nationals. Oh my God. This is kind of unrelated, but, um, I was, I was telling Matt earlier that I've been watching all of the MCU films while in quarantine, some of them for the first time. Um, and Romy, Romy Rosemont is in Avengers. And I didn't even know that the first time I'd seen it. She's like, she plays, it's like a really, really small part. She's like in the crowd of people in New York City, I think like when Thor or whoever is about to like save them from some shit. And she says something to Thor or, some, or Captain America or something. I'm like, holy shit, that's fucking... That's fucking Finn's mom. What the fuck is she doing in New York? <laughs> like, I'm so used to watching Glee that I couldn't see her any other way. Like my brain couldn't like reconcile the fact that this is a working actress that has other jobs besides Glee. So I'm like, why is Finn's mom in New York? It was so funny. 
but you should have seen you should have seen the look on my face when I remembered or found out for the first time that Bert Hummel, Michael Malley, is the guy who hosted Nickelodeon Guts for years and years and years and years. I've never even seen the show, but that's insane. Wow. Okay, you're not gonna drag me for not knowing this sister girl. Sister, what was it? Sister, <gasps> sister. <sighs> All right. Well, and then tell me you've never seen Nickelodeon Guts. Like everybody, get out here and drag Amon on night, Twitter guys. for Good not night. watching Nickelodeon Guts. <sighs> it's time to get to nationals. The new directions are going to be introduced. Bert and Carol take their seats next to Mercedes, and we get things going with. Uh, let's let, let me just tell you up front the uh, the set list we have here. We're going to start with more than a feeling, move into America, and then end up with I still haven't found what I'm looking for. But we'll take it kind of one by one. Uh, more than a feeling is up first with Blaine and Tina that are going to kind of lead the way here. Uh, the boys are in their white suits. The girls are in their black dresses with you know some white like laces and and strings and bows or whatever attached uh we of course have the random cheerios here as well to round us out to the 12 we needed uh which i'm surprised that they're you know they would be national champions if they won okay sure why not um but more than a feeling kicks things off and uh what do you what do you think of this one they were never gonna win (laughs) i'm just gonna not even bury the lead here this while this performance is really really great it's really emotional all of the new directions performances are emotional um so that doesn't really make it stand out for me the choreography is stale, okay? It's, oh, I disagree. It, uh, they have done better. They have done better. I mean, even the even the Nationals performance from last year that I don't even like like as much as you do, that choreography, way more inventive than this. Way more. The Michael Jackson sectionals performance, more inventive than this. It's just, it's not a bad performance at all, but in comparison with Throat Explosion, there was just no contest. There was no way that they were going to win this. Like they, but, I, but I, I so disagree. I so disagree because, I mean, I don't care about the choreography being like, I thought the choreography was perfectly fine for them. They've always been the school that doesn't dance as, as well as everybody else, and they've known that for years. It's always been their weakness, uh, and they don't even have Brittany here to help them out this time, which is devastating that Brittany's not here. Um, but they have way more talent spread out across their team than just John Baptiste taking the lead of Throat Explosion. Like, they have so much more to give, and that's why their performances are so much better. I mean, that's great. I mean, I think I think that that is definitely a strength that they have in spreading out their solos and everything, and that, that makes it a little bit more interesting, vocally speaking. But still, I think that this... I was bored. I'm just being honest. I was, oh I was bored. I, I just disagree more. I feel like... I, like, and it, it, I, I, I'm going to sound so shady for saying this because this is a dedication to Finn. And I love that about this. I, I love that about this performance. But, I mean, even as, like, just a viewer of, like, the show, like, if we're not, if we're just going to talk about it just from that standpoint and not even, you know, if I were to put myself in the universe of Glee, like, there are three girls or whatever on the team that are just random Cheerios that have, like, no business being up on that stage with those kids especially with this performance it just it doesn't make any sense y'all it feels very this whole performance while i understand the purpose of it if this is your nationals performance like their sectionals performance is more lively than this one it just is like the song choices they're great and they're meaningful and they're heartfelt but they're not gonna they can't they they weren't gonna win they were just never gonna win 
Okay, well, Aman is beyond wrong because this was a great performance, all three of these songs. I thought they were amazing back-to-back to start off with, like, and it's the sentimental feeling behind it that the audience understands because of the way that things all play out with each song bleeding into the next one and the way that Carol does a lot of work in the audience to remind us or to tell us why these all mean so much. Are the judges going to feel that way, though? Like, the judges aren't going to give a shit about that. Carol in the audience does a really good job of, of telling the audience why, you know, this is supposed to mean a lot. And I think that once we understand what's going on, the like regardless of if the judges or anybody else has the full story, I don't know. Um, I think that we can reasonably assume that maybe they do because, as uh, John Baptiste said, everybody knows about you being that Glee Club from this year. They know that they have something to fight for. They might not know specifically these are Finn's favorite songs, but these are songs that each of each member of the New Directions is fully connecting with the smiles on their faces during these songs the choreography while not throat explosion choreography they absolutely look like they're having a great time uh more than a feeling is a is a nice way to to get into things america when they go into that and and the clapping gets going uh like they're having a great time with it they just look so good i i really could not disagree with you anymore if i but even tried. i'm not disagreeing with any of that i don't think that they i don't I don't think that the performance is bad. I don't. I, and I don't. They don't. But it's not a standout performance in terms of New Directions. It's just not. They have done better. That's just. I think that that's just a fact. This is not the best that the New Directions has to offer. So why well, would they the win? Best. Why would they win with this? It just doesn't make any sense to me as a viewer. And like while I and while while I understand like the like I I the, the point of this performance wasn't to win in my opinion. And I think I think that's what the ultimate thing that I'm getting at is is like this performance was so much more than just a Nationals performance given their history. But if I'm being objective here, no matter how much I love them as people i mean it's possible that that was the case because they had been so like all over the place of uh you know really not get like they they had been focusing on nationals to an extent but like obviously there are so many other things on all of their minds at the at the time so it's like you know i wouldn't disagree at all that they they didn't put their all into this in the way that they have with past performances when they had their star star power uh rachel and mercedes and santana and everybody that was like really pushing them to put their all into it and of course finn as well who was the leader and kept everybody like let's make sure we go out and win this it didn't feel like they had that fire which is why at the very last minute will had to assign sam the role of leader here but I still think they put together a performance that from the performances that we saw I thought this was far better than uh, than uh, I keep going to say vocal adrenaline uh, throat explosion I thought that you know and I enjoyed that number as well and of course we didn't get to see every song that throat explosion did so possible that they had more good stuff as well but uh, these three numbers all back to back and together like it felt like they told a story and the kids all had a great time up there and I think that's half the battle when it's not just looking like you're doing a performance and going through the motions like when you can see the look on all their faces and you can see what is happening with all of them I don't know I feel like that that really got me and like I said earlier I was crying throughout each one of these numbers so they really had me in my feelings I <laughs> see now I just sound like an asshole and that's really not like that's not like point that I'm trying to make I'm just saying like if I were a judge and I watched these performances the new directions were not going to win they just weren't like, and it's, and I take your point. It's, it's a really, really powerful number, especially with all the flashbacks that we get with Finn and everything as he's interacting with the kids all the way back from season one. I mean, it's just great. I mean, you got Mr. Shu in the, in the, in the wings, cheering them on as per usual. Like this clearly is a very meaningful performance. And I mean, even though I, you know, I pretty much 
question the writer's decision in making Sam sort of the forefront of the uh, Finn avengement, avenging club. I felt like, you know, watching him take the lead on Still Haven't Found What I Was Looking For at the end was really strong. I mean, I think that it's a really good performance. But, and I know that I have, like, I'm a bit biased because I have a flair for theatrics. I like spectacle. I like show. I like choreo. I like energy. I like to be blown away. I need to, I need to see something. I need to be, I need to feel something other than sentimentality. And I think that that's all that the New Directions had to offer. And that's not a bad thing, but I think that, that that's just, that's the point of this performance is that it wasn't about winning, which is why when they lost, I didn't give a shit because it wasn't about that. I just knew that they were going to lose. I just think that they were never going to win with this performance. Because if I'm a judge here, I don't know. Like, I mean, John Baptiste might read the show choir blogs, but half the New Directions don't even read the show choir blogs. So why the hell would Jack A. Harry be re- reading the show choir blogs? She's not going to know who's you know, who unfortunately passed away. All she's going to say is like, oh, look at those long-legged girls singing vacation with those balls. Oh, look at the old costume change. Oh, God, masks. Oh, my God, that John Baptiste kid can really fucking blow. Like, that's what what she's going to be thinking. And that's why they won. If if that's all you value in a performance, if you if you need to have the big like things that explode and this and that and masks and all that stuff, then then sure. I mean, then there's no way that New Directions was ever going to win. But the beauty of a show choir competition is that there's all different kinds of performances that can be the best. It doesn't have to be one specific type. And again, I agree that I think that this is not their best performance that they've ever done. But when we get to the ranking of like uh, our top you know, when we start to mix in the the ones, uh, sorry, the uh, performances from competitions that we have not yet covered just yet and add those on to the ones we already ranked, this is going to be up there for me, like easily top three. So, I mean, it's okay. We, we, uh, we, we feel differently about it. That's why judges exist in the first place. If we were in that judging room, somebody would need to break the tie. And uh, I just want to make it, it known that like, I agree with you on like a, on the viewership standpoint, like as a watcher of Glee, yes. I, I agree with you. Yeah, but in the glee, but we, we still in, disagree because you're saying that you wouldn't vote for them to win and you don't think they would ever win. But I do because I feel like because I feel like if you're a judge, you're not you're not thinking about that and you're not. I just I just don't see them. It's it's a nice story. It's beautiful and it's it's sad what happened to them. But does that mean that they should win? No, it's not because of that. It's just it's the, the whole performance. I just think it's all good. That's all. That's all I'm saying. But we don't have to spend an hour on this. Uh, they go from uh, more than a feeling into America and then into I still haven't found what I'm looking for, uh, of course. And as mentioned, you know, Carol's kind of throughout each performance uh, that passes by. She's like, wow, they're doing all of Finn's favorite songs, like every single one of them. And uh, by this point, you know, I was already crying, but now I even had the chills. Every time she says that line, they're doing all of his favorite songs. Um, I lose it. Uh, but yeah, Sam leads them in on this last song. And as you mentioned, uh, we have a couple of different montages some scenes of uh finn back at uh you know some of the early days we see him walking through the hallway at mckinley we see him getting ready for his wedding that didn't end up happening with uh with rachel we see uh, him in the choir room just playing around with all the kids and having a good time him singing in the shower when will first found him him pushing Artie around the school which is like i was saying i, I wish we got more from Artie uh in the quarterback or in this episode it would have been nice 
Um, and also Finn going to Will and uh, like confiding in him, giving him a big hug when he found out about Quinn being pregnant. Like I know that scene very well. Um, and then of course the slushying of, of the audience at nationals last year. So they really, uh, tried to keep Finn and his memory alive in this song. And, uh, that's, that's the whole performance there. That's all what is going on. And then after they're all done, uh, they go to celebrate when the curtains closed. Sam is not there. Sam has gone missing at this point, but he's not too far off. Will walks off to the side of the stage and finds him standing there or sitting there. Uh, Sam is very emotional and he gives Will a big hug saying, I did my best. I, I, I just, you know, all I could do was do my best. And Will tells him that he did great. But obviously Sam is really feeling, uh, feeling something right now. I mean, they all wanted the win, right? They wanted the win. It felt more impactful this time because they had a lot more to prove. And they've really had a really strange fucking year. I mean, if you count up all the shit that's happened since the beginning of season four, it's been a very strange year. I mean, they they lost their sectionals, but then they actually got back in the competition, and they had to fight through regionals, and just all the bullshit with Sue, all the like, trying to get rid of the groove, and then Brittany leaving in the middle of the year. Like, it's just been a, a roller coaster. It has not been a normal year at all. Losing Finn, it's yeah. just... You know, you finally make it to the end. You feel like all of that stuff that you've been through, you feel like the only, the only justifiable means for having to go through all of that shit would be to win. So when you don't, it's like, what did I just go through all of that for? Mm-hmm. But second place, I mean, I know that a lot of, I know that people hate when people say this, but I mean, it's the truth. Like, I feel like you have to think about that. Of course, somebody wants to win. Of course, you want to come in first place. But second place is not bad. Like you beat out an entire nation of fucking national sh- of, of of show choirs. You know, like that's not an easy feat. And yet you didn't get the ultimate win, but you still beat a bunch of other people. And yeah, no, it's still an accomplishment. it's definitely good. But when the stakes are this high, and you know, it's like your Glee Club will no longer exist if you don't get first place. That's like that's what the emotion is. I don't even know um, how I would fucking believe you at this point. I'd be like, okay, bitch, like what you are you really gonna shut us down this time around because you didn't you didn't try to do that for the past three years. You funded the the Glee Club in full, like <laughs> like season two. So yeah, what you gonna do? Yeah, never never quite know when to fully believe her or not, but it seems like this time could be uh, could be for real. Before we get to the results, we're going to go outside and uh, check in with Marley, who's kind of just having a moment to herself. And uh, Mar- Mercedes is going to come out and join her. And uh, she tells Marley she has three minutes. And Marley's like, excuse me? Uh, Mercedes ne- says, next time you have a song that gets rejected, uh, you can give yourself exactly three minutes to throw yourself a pity party. And then you need to haul your ass up and start writing another one because your songs are really good. And I don't care that a bunch of uh, Yahoo's rejected them. They're stupid and they're wrong and they're going to be sorry someday. She says, I know about rejection. I lost almost every single solo to Rachel Berry in high school. I got dumped by my first record label. I even dumped, uh, got dumped by Sam Evans. And then she's like, no, wait, I dumped him twice. Uh, she gets a laugh out of Marley. She tells her that she is loaded with talent and someday soon she's going to be hitting her up for songs. And uh, Marley says, thanks. She's picking up on the fact that uh, Mercedes has heard her music. She's like, how did you get it? Like, How did you hear that? Uh, Mercedes tells her that obviously uh, Ryder and Jake uh, got the music over to Mercedes. She's like, those guys really care about you, which I'm not saying means you should date them, but uh, just know that, you know, there are people that really, really care for you. And uh, just don't ever give up in your dreams, Marley Rose. You're too good. So a nice touching moment for uh, for Marley there. Yes. 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 Mercedes can just <laughs> make anybody feel better at all. Like, like no matter who it is. Come to, come to Mercedes and uh, and she's got you. 
I mean, if Marley sent in all or nothing to one of her uh, competitions, I can see why that one lost because that one's a little bit too. Because what are the competitions <laughs> for? Like, are they like? <laughs> because if we're you know submitting things for like High School Musical, oh yeah, she's a fucking shoe in. But if you're talking about you know like major pop record labels, maybe not so much. But then again, Taylor Swift definitely has. You know what? Never mind. Let me not shake Taylor Swift right now. <laughs> no, please. I I would love to. Uh... I would love to sit here and listen to it. <laughs> I'm good. Like, I'm trying to move on from that part of my life. Like, I've spent so many years hating Taylor Swift irrationally, and I'm over it. I don't have it in my heart anymore. <laughs> um, yes. So uh, that's that's the two of them. And uh, we'll, I'm sure, see more of Marley some point in the next couple of uh, next two episodes. She is there, right? Like, this, this isn't Marley's last episode, right? No, she's there I'm in the, sure she's the next there. two. She is. Okay. It just like, this feels like such a send off. Um, so I wouldn't have been surprised if she wasn't, but no, she's definitely there. Uh, we're going to go back inside time to get to the results and it is vicious harmony in fourth place. who we did not see perform, but that's okay. They're in fourth, third place goes to the Amazonians. Uh, Tina looks at will as they're about to get to second place because he looks very nervous and he tells her, yeah, there's a lot riding on it this time. Uh, second place goes to the New directions, which means the winners are throat explosion. <laughs> Jackie Harry with her like dramatic ass gasp. <gasps> no directions. <laughs> yes, they've they've come in second. Uh, throat explosion has won. Uh, John Baptiste is going to look back at the new directions, and it's kind of you know a little quick look on his face, but you can tell he does probably feel the slightest bit bad. He you know I, I don't think he 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 wasn't the one who stole the uh, the port uh, the the plaque or anything like that. He knows they've been through a lot and he was sympathizing with them earlier, but his goal was to win. And now that he did win, you know, whatever. Not that he's an important character to analyze his motivations, but whatever. The seniors uh, and everybody in the new directions are all just looking very, very sad. We've seen this before, you know, they've lost competitions before and we've seen them look this sad. Every time I feel like Artie is the one that gets me the most. He just looks so like like, I just, all I see is Eeyore. <laughs> that is a pretty apropos uh, piece of imagery there. <laughs> I see Eeyore as well. Thanks for noticing. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, look, like, I mean, we don't have to rehash what, I, what the, the conversation that I already had. But I, aside from that, y'all won so many times. You know what I mean? Like, you have a national championship under your belt from just the year prior you came in second place the next year and i know that it stings to lose when you come so close i get it. i'm not trying to say that i don't sympathize with that but like you guys like just from where you guys were at the beginning of this show to where you are now like come on like it's it's just hard like not to see the levity in that in my in my eyes because they i mean they're by by they, they really should not be there like they have so many things against them they should not be there and they got second place like that's huge and i just think that yeah. i just hope that they don't you know hold on to that loss forever yeah uh fully agree i mean obviously as as already mentioned a couple times the stakes were higher but i fully agree that uh second place is a very valid uh a very, very good accomplishment for them. And as we go back to uh, Ohio, we're going to hear as much from some people trying to lift their spirits back up. Sam hangs the plaque back up. Uh, JB mailed it back to them and apologized for what happened. He said uh, the guy that did it, uh, that stole the plaque, uh, was kicked off of the team because uh, JB wasn't down for that. Will tells them it's time to put the new trophy in the case. And, you know, he's going to try to lift them up and tell them you guys beat 14 of the 16 teams that were there, the best teams in the country. You know what? They could have gotten first place now that I think about it. If they had called the National Show Choir and told them that they that one of their teams stole from them, 
They could have got disqualified no. and got first place. You think for a plaque? Yeah. If you explain to them, like, I mean, it doesn't matter what it is. Like, they stole property from another team. No matter what it is. I mean, maybe. I don't know. They snuck know into somebody's stealing... hotel room or something and took something. Yeah, but that's from like something other... I feel like they would be like, get the police involved. That has nothing to do with the competition. Oh, so you need for it to be like a costume or something? Like if they stole a dress? Yeah, like if it was something that actually, you know, if it was like they didn't tamper with their performance, like they did some like mm, mental warfare. By no, team. I, I feel like know. I feel like that would fall. And I feel like there's got to be rules. There's, I mean, they got they have a whole fucking rule book. I have to imagine that there's something in there about stealing from other from other teams. I just have to imagine that. Yeah. I don't know. We'll find out someday if we can get in contact with these people. Uh, the show choir board directors, we'll get them on the podcast. Uh, Carol and Bert are going to enter the choir room and uh, Sam goes to Carol and tells her that he's sorry they let him down. And she's like, let who down, Finn? She's, uh, he says, you know, we really wanted to win this one for him and for you. We had a plan that we were going to call you up on the stage and give you the trophy to keep. They're like, it's not right. This is not how this was supposed to end. And Carol says to them, you're right. It would have burned Finn to see you guys lose to those guys. All we would have heard about for months was how the judges robbed you and how you guys were so much better than them. Um, Bert's like, yeah, he would have stood up and he would have told you guys, though, that even though most of you have never been in a show choir before this year, you stood tall against the best of the best. And you know what? Even though Finn didn't have the best voice or the best rhythm or the best throwing arm, he always brought out the best in himself and in others. And the great thing about him was that he always managed to find a way to feel like he had won. Carol says, I was really proud of you guys up there. Hearing those songs was so healing for me. And I don't know. I just, I saw how much he meant to you guys. So win or lose, Finn lives in you guys. And obviously the two, uh, Bert and Carol are both taking a big moment of uh, appreciating all of them. And I think the feeling is pretty mutual. Uh, Will's going to have them all put the uh, the trophy in the case where it belongs. Artie makes some kind of comment about how, you know, he's like a a second place uh, uh, showing is superior to when Finn decided to make out with Rachel on stage. And, you know, we ended up in 12th and Bert and Carol kind of look at each other like, uh, not the time. Um, But Becky's going to walk in and tell Will that she uh, that he is required to go over to Sue's office. Uh, We get to Sue's office and we see Roz in there. The Cheerios won the national championship. Uh, Sue says, I admit, Roz, I didn't think you had it in you. Between the toxic fumes of the excessive beauty products that you uh, have on and all those moon pies I see you shame eating in the bathroom stalls when you don't think anyone's looking, I didn't think there was room for this kind of fire and creativity that it takes to uphold the Cheerios honor and bring home another national championship. Roz says that I'm sure it gives you great disappointment to know that you were uh, not the only reason they won all those years. And Sue's going to be like, all right, come back to me when you have 16 more and have a child with a celebrity crooner. Then you can talk trash. Uh, Will is outside waiting with Becky. He's getting a little impatient. He's like, are they almost done in there? Becky's like, she'll get to you when she gets to you, loser. Will's like, second place is not losing. It's like winning the the silver medal at the Olympics. And Becky says, sure, if there was an Olympic event in being totally gay. <laughs> Why is she such a bitch? I don't <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, but we love it. Oh my God, she's horrible. <laughs> yes, she is. Um, but we love it. We we love it. Roz is gonna head out and uh, say she's off to spend the summer at her beach cottage in uh, Sant. Where I don't know. She's she's off somewhere crazy. Um, my notes got messed up. Will's gonna head in and talk to Sue about what. Of course, we know this conversation is going to be about. 
Sue is like, I bet you're, hope for, uh, you're hoping for a last-minute reprieve and uh, me saying something about how your plucky band of pinhead mis- uh, whatever misfits uh, overcame so much to get where they are uh, and to, you know, second place is actually an achievement. Will is like, well, I can't say I wasn't secretly hoping that you would consider it. And she says, I have considered it more than you know, but I just can't. In the words of ex-principal Figgins, my hands are tied. I'm the principal now and my job is, uh, you know, about the, uh, to be concerned with the health of this entire school, not just the people that I like. And I do like you, William, but that's, you know, that's why I'm so mean to you. But that being said, the Cheerios are staying because they won. And so do the debate team and the football team and the girls soccer team and the Mach UN. Apparently they all won national championships this year, but the diving team, the academic team, decathlon uh the actual decathlon and yes the glee club all need to go and will looks at her and he says should i even fight should i make some kind of speech about the arts or how much this club means to me personally and sue's like no save that for your wife it'll probably turn her on it won't make any difference here uh he's like wow so this is really it this is it's over so what's going to happen to the choir room uh, what's going to happen to us? Aman, our fate is in their hands. It's in Sue's hands. Uh, what is going to happen to the choir room? Uh, she tells them, uh, she tells Will that it's prime real estate. It's going to probably be turned into two different classrooms. And since we don't need the band anymore uh, to play everything from obscure Broadway to Queen at a moment's notice, uh, probably going to sell off their equipment to buy some computers. Uh, but chin up, Schuster. Look where you guys were four years ago when you started this thing. You have a national championship trophy from last year in that case and a bunch of other loser trophies standing uh, with it. You and your team have done phenomenally well, and you did it with the world's greatest nemesis playing her best game against you. You didn't lose, William. The game is just over. Nah, fuck that. You lost. (laughs) You lost the Glee Club. (laughs) It sucks. I mean, how much money? I just... (sighs) Fuck the budget. Fuck Fuck the budget. Uh, budget. It's annoying. Fuck the budget. It's really, really annoying. It is. It is, um, but it's it. This is over. There's, there's nowhere to go at this point. It's, uh, you know, Sue is speaking for probably the whole audience or, you know, kind of speaking for, I don't know, whoever. Like, I think no, I, what I'm trying to say, is she's speaking to the audience by saying, like, I hope you're all hoping for a last minute reprieve and, you know, something about how I'll give them another chance. And, you know, that's what we all were expecting for sure. But she's like, I can't do it this time. It's really over. It's really, that's it. There's nothing else I can do. You're done. Been confirmed. They would not be returning for All-Stars. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, this sucks. Um, I mean, she's told them at the beginning of the year, though, that this was a, uh, well, not at the beginning of the year, because the beginning of the year was a season ago, but in the middle of the year when she became principal that they needed to win or else she was going to cut them. Although I seriously don't believe that she would have ever cut the Cheerios, even if they had lost. I just don't see it happening. Nope. She's not cutting her baby. Nope. Um, cause she would have loved to like rubbed it in fucking Roz's face that she lost and then used it as the means to reinstate herself as coach of the Cheerios and principal of the school. So yeah, I mean, but this is, it seems like this is the final, this is it. This is the finale for the new directions as we know it. Yep. We uh, go back to New York at the very end of this episode. We have not seen uh, three specific characters at all this episode, but uh, we're going to close out things with them over at the Spotlight Diner. Kurt comes out. He's like, oh, my God. Santana's like, what? Your your, your band booked a huge gig to play a show at uh, Union Square subway station. Uh, so <laughs> Rachel's like, why do you want to know? So you can steal his dream, too. Um, and by the way, the dramatic music playing in the background of all of this is like just some dark piano, like dun, 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 uh, like the end of a horror or a movie or something. Kurt's going to say, no, it's the Glee Club. They've been disbanded. They didn't win at Nationals. They're turning the choir room into a computer lab or something, and Sue is not backing down this time. It's over. 
And we see Rachel and Santana looking completely shocked and shaken and shook and all of the above. Because it's over. What else? It's over. That's it. Where'd Mercedes go? She stayed in L.A. She was like, yo, I'm not going back to Atlanta with you losers. <laughs> Harsh. She, got a, she had an album to fucking record. She didn't get the time. Yeah. But yeah, it sucks. I mean, they seem to be a lot more caring this time, though, because... Uh, I mean, because they didn't give a shit back in season four when they lost sectionals. Like, they didn't even want to come home. Like, Blaine or Kurt was like, oh, my God, they just lost their sectionals. Like, the new girl passed out. And Rachel's like, oh, well, I guess that's it then. They're, they're done. <laughs> but this time around, it seems so much more impactful. Yeah, it's that's it. I mean, what else is there? It's over and done. So for now, um, all we know. Done, but the heartache lives on inside every time you say that i have to sing i'm sorry you probably have no idea what that song is (laughs) no i don't and i'm sure you're gonna drag me for it as well because i can't get away with any of that stuff but the episode's over that's it new directions are over glee club is over what do we have left what do we have now we'll get through it i promise guys everything's gonna be okay i know you're wondering what is next i mean there are still an entire half a season plus season six something has to happen right and yes something will happen and uh, if you're watching for the first time do not worry if you're watching for the hundredth time um then uh not much to uh, spoil you on but uh looking forward into getting to all of what is next but for now let's do what we do at the end of every episode and uh, pick out some favorite songs and what do we get to choose from Will Schuster and the New Directions. Vacations, all I ever wanted. The Amazonians. Mr. Roboto, Counting Stars, Throat Explosion. More Than a Feeling, America. I still haven't found what I'm looking for, which is such a long-ass song title. New Directions. Yes, all right. What is uh, your favorite song from this episode? Vacation's all I ever wanted. I love that number. I know that we didn't get the full number, but I loved it. I loved the whole thing. I loved that girl's voice. I loved the performance, uh, their costumes, everything. I just loved that whole number. It was an unexpected favorite for me, but it's the one that stood out the most. That's wild. <laughs> Truly wild. Sorry about it. I mean, it's a good song. It's just that's that's wild. I'm speechless. But um, <laughs> Wait, we... I don't know what to tell you. I'm speechless. Like, uh, uh, speechless. I really just nothing else. I'm not, I'm, I'm not, this isn't the most shocked I've ever been in my life. I just have no reaction because I have no reaction. Um, all right. My favorite song. Um, it's gotta be something in the new direction set list because I'm not a weirdo or a monster. Um, I am going to probably go with still haven't found what I'm looking for. All three of these, uh, more than a feeling, America and I still haven't found what I'm looking for all feel pretty similar to me. I mean, the energy is the same throughout all of them. As I mentioned when we were talking about them earlier, it's, you know, telling a story all throughout. I think America is one that I really like a lot, maybe the most, but I still haven't found what I'm looking for is the one that like gets you going with, with the Carol comments in there with the uh, clips that they flash back to with Finn. I think that that's the best overall product of a, uh, of a song in this episode and total package. So that's the one I'm going to give it to there. So that's that. We can move on into our slushy ratings. And um, I'm not sure how I'm going to go with this. What are you thinking? Uh, how'd you like this episode? It was a good episode. I mean, um, there really wasn't anything that I disliked about it. I'm not blown away by it, though, so I can't give it zero. I kind of feel that I kind of feel similarly to the last episode. 
Maybe I enjoy this one a little bit better because we get some Mercedes in there. Yeah, um, I'll give it 0.5 because of all of the Finn stuff that was really important for the show to address. I mean, the new directions, I mean, they, they made second place, you know? And while they didn't get a chance to restart their season, it's still a really big accomplishment. So 0.5. Yeah, I think I'm on the same page as well. I'm uh, three episodes in a row of a half slushy rating. Uh, I feel like that makes sense. Um, I really also could see myself having given this a zero, uh, which I've said for, like I said, the past three episodes. But this one, um, I think what holds it back for me is the fact that I wish it was more than just Sam. Uh, that was getting to have this, yeah. you know, yeah. final end of their journey. Like, I wish that Artie and Tina and Blaine, like, I wish it was a group thing. Um, uh, like, we get in, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Like, all the four of them get, like, a bit of a highlight in that towards the end of just them singing, really. But overall, I I wish that we had more story from some of these other people. And I get that Artie is going to continue on in the season, but so is Sam. So that's no excuse. Um, you know, having no New York in this episode, except for the very end, I think is a good call because it really is all about the end of the New Directions as we currently know them. Um, I wish there was a little bit more of Sam, uh, not of Sam, of Ryder and Jake and Marley all together. Like, I wish that the three of them had kind of gotten like, and unique. There was not any unique, not any kitty, and we're kind of moving away from them. So I would have liked to see, you know, there were a couple of little things that uh, hold it back from being uh, that perfect episode. So I'm going to match you with the half a slushy on that. So that's that. Unless you have any other thoughts, I guess we can move on into some gold stars and uh, you can kick us off there as well. I mean, I feel like the episode is sort of begging me to give it to Sam, but I'm not going to. I'm going to give mine to Carol. I think that she is the true star of this episode with the way that she encourages the kids both before and after the competition. And, you know, I mean, she almost left. I mean, she had that little exchange with Tina and it really put her in a really negative space and she thought maybe it'd just be healthier if I just spent some time in California with my husband and you know I don't have to like force myself to be here if it makes me feel uncomfortable I might not be as ready as I thought but you know the fact that she chose to stay and experience that moment with those kids even 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 though they lost like I think it was so important for her and so healing for her as she said and I just wish that we got a little bit more of Carol. I mean, she probably wouldn't have served any other purpose in, in this season other than to remind us of the loss that we've experienced. But it just sucks because, I mean, Romy is just a talented actress, period. Like, I always believe her in every single scene. Like, she needs to be in movies and everything. She's just so talented. But I just wish that there was more of her throughout the season so that we do get to see her struggle a bit more because, yeah, those kids knew him, but, like, that was his damn mom, you know? So I just feel like mm-hmm. I have to give her her shine right now. Yeah, uh, when you said this episode is begging me to give the star to, I thought you were going to say Carol, but then you said Sam. Um, I felt like the episode was begging me to give a star to Sam, and I was, uh, not not Sam, I was be- I thought it was begging me to give it to Carol, and I'm more than happy to do so. I felt like they really highlighted Carol a lot in this episode. I mean, Sam, Sam is definitely, you know, up there as well. Um, I think, if not for Carol, it easily would have gone to Sam, but this kind of, you know, brings you back to the debate of... Uh, who has 
you know, more of an opportunity to get them going forward. Carol is not going to get that many uh, chances. And when she shines the way that she did both in this episode, and I feel like I'm kind of making up for a little bit back in episode three uh, in the quarterback where, you know, we weren't able to kind of squeeze in one for her there as well. So uh, to close things out with a lot of the main part of the Finn storyline of them saying goodbye to him, uh, definitely got to give the start of Carol here. She does a fantastic job. The actress does of uh, portraying everything that's going on here. And she really kind of just brings it all home to say you know go out there do your best would love to see you guys win but then they don't and they're like damn we messed up and we wanted a win for you and she's like it's it's okay like it really is okay it doesn't have to be a win you know Finn loved you guys no matter what and you know he would have been just as annoyed as you guys are and he's gonna like that same energy you guys have right now like you live he's gonna live on through all of you and I appreciate all of you I love you guys and they love her and it's just very very sweet so I'm happy to double up on the Carol Hudson Gold Star. And that's it. That's it. City of Angels in the books. Yes, it is. Uh, yeah, this was really a it's not I mean it's not the it's not the ending ending, but it was the precursor of the ending. And these next three episodes these next two episodes are really uh, putting a pin in the McKinley era of Glee. Um because even in season six, even though it takes place at McKinley again, it's still a it's a different McKinley. It's just not the same. So this is uh this is going to be the last of it. It's kind of sad. Mm-hmm. It is very sad, but we have uh, very exciting episodes coming up next, and I could not be more excited to get to them. Uh, episode number one hundred of Glee, uh, not a hundred of the Choir Room, because we know we already hit that because we uh, we do more work than Glee does. But uh, no, um, episode one hundred is up next, followed by another episode that was like kind of a two parter. That whole thing uh, into some new directions. Or th- is the episode called New Directions or New New Directions? I always get it confused. I think it's just um, New I Directions. Think it- just new directions. I always in my head call it new, new directions um, because they're going in new, new, dire- whatever. But yeah, so excited to get to both of those and uh, then towards the end of season five. But that's all we have for this episode here. Make sure you guys are following us where I'm on. You can follow us at Choir Room Pod on Twitter. You can follow us individually. I'm at Amon Adwin. Matt is at Matt Lagori. Make sure that you're leaving us star ratings and reviews wherever you get your podcast. We will read them aloud on the show. Anything else? That's it. Thank you guys for listening. Let us know what your thoughts are on this episode on these performances on whatever you got we are uh, all ears so next time damn, when will I see you guys we'll see you back in the camp yeah. right, bye bye